Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to episode 12 of the Medium Lady Talks podcast. This episode is Medium Lady Talks about growth mindset. And today, you know, I'm going to talk about growth mindset in a context of medium effort. Medium effort is something that I often talk about as my personal philosophy when it comes to deciding what matters in my life and deciding how I'm going to set myself up to live as fully as possible in the present. And living in the present is important to me because it eliminates the sense of regret that might come from living too much in the past. And it also helps me minimize the sense of resistance that might come from living too much in the future and wanting the present to be more like some kind of ideal state. So when I talk about medium effort, I'm really talking about the difference between high effort and low effort and finding that middle ground, which is typically going to be some kind of happy medium. Medium effort, I can personally apply to almost anything in life that I think is worth my time and energy. And I do that on Instagram. If you're not following me there, I hope you will at medium.lady. On Instagram, every month what I do is I list out an experiment for the month. I love the beginning of every month. It gives me a sense of a clean slate. It gives me a sense to start again and get fresh with resolutions or goals or tips and tricks, things I might have collected along the way that I want to put effort and energy into trying. And when I outline my experiment every month on Instagram, What I talk about is read, play, try, and think. And within those four categories, I give myself things to do, things to pay attention to, only for a month. Medium effort is how I spend the month. And when the month is up, I usually refresh everything within those four categories by letting it go, letting go of whatever I did or didn't get done, whatever I did or didn't read, whatever I thought I was going to have fun doing and ended up not having as much fun, I get a clean slate at the beginning of every month. One of the things I've been challenging myself to do for the last three months is to think about a growth mindset. To think about what that really means to me and what it means in my life as my life ebbs and flows, as I might grow or not grow. The concept of a growth mindset to me at first seemed very simple on the outset growth and mindset. Okay, so you just take those two words and you pull them apart and you decide that your mindset is going to be on growth or you're going to be really good at being a beginner or you're going to go gentle on yourself every time you start something new or you're going to see growth as a positive thing and you're going to look for opportunities to grow every chance that you get. I think since COVID and the pandemic, what I'm learning for myself is that having a growth mindset is actually a little bit deeper than that. And I probably wouldn't have come to this conclusion if I had not spent three months assigning myself the idea of thinking about growth mindset. 
And I do that. I really do. I give myself a topic to think about for three months at a time. So between January, February, and March, my topic was intuition. For April, May, and June this month, my topic has been growth mindset. And what that means is I pay attention to wherever growth mindset pops up in my reading, in my conversations, in the media I'm consuming, TV, movies, podcasts. And then I just kind of let it get into a deeper level of my consciousness than it normally might. Before I get into the meat of growth mindset, I want to ask you to please rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to be listening. This is episode 12. I'm thrilled to have 12 episodes of Medium Lady under my belt. And if you can take a bit of medium effort and rate and review the podcast, it will really help me find like-minded listeners. Ratings and reviews are the best way for new podcasts to be found. And so you will really be helping me out and I would really appreciate it so much. With that being said, let's get into a growth mindset and how to tackle a growth mindset with medium effort. For me, a surprising way that I've come about thinking about a growth mindset is in naming my strengths. And that's my first tip. Name your strengths. There's lots of different perspectives you can take on figuring out your strengths. And for some people, this comes easy. And for some people, it doesn't come so easy. I don't want you to feel like this has to feel hard, but I do think it's really fun. It can be really fun to think about your strengths, to name them, to list them out, to come up with examples of when you've exhibited them or demonstrated them, to think about times when they really take off, to think about jobs and work that you've done where things have come at a real flow for you. Name your strengths. Get as specific as possible. Don't just say, I really like people. What is it you like about people? Do you really like talking to people? Do you really like listening to people? Do you really like helping people? Get specific in naming your strengths. Now, I always like to say that I'm never shy to play this out in my own life. I'm happy to give you advice. I love giving you advice. Maybe giving you advice is one of my strengths, but I actually think Where my strength lies here is in role modeling it out in my own life. So if I name my own strengths, I'm going to go with the easiest one, which is communication. I am a pretty good communicator. I have a really good vocabulary. I'm very well-spoken. I like talking to people. I like listening to people. I'm not afraid to use my voice. I'm not afraid to speak up in a meeting. I'm not afraid to challenge others directly. I do think I am a good communicator and I am very well-spoken. So that's a strength. Now, it did make me feel a little bit cringy saying that out loud on my own podcast that I think I'm a good communicator. However, this is the part where you exhibit a growth mindset. You're going to allow yourself the discomfort of naming what you're good at for the chance and opportunity to get even better at the thing that you're already good at. By naming that I'm good at communication, by naming that I like to speak and I'm not worried to step up and use my voice, I allow myself the permission to lean into that opportunity, even though it was really uncomfortable for me to say, I'm a good communicator. Made me feel very braggy and feel very pompous. And all of those things we're not supposed to feel or do and keep to ourselves. 
So I'm going to name that I'm a good communicator. That's one of my strengths. And I'm going to overcome the discomfort of telling you that I'm a good communicator for the chance that I might have it further in my front of my mind and look for opportunities to get even better at communicating. Let me name another strength. Another strength of mine is positivity. I am a very positive person by nature. I am very solutions-oriented, and I have rarely encountered a problem that I did not feel could come with a solution. Now, there was a long time that I went thinking that everybody felt this way, and it also really stuck out to me when I was encountering somebody who wasn't positive, when I encountered somebody who struggled to find the solution to a problem or to take up the opportunity to find a solution to a problem. This has helped me to grow in another way, which is to recognize that not everyone has the same strengths that I do. And by exhibiting my own strength, I might come into conflict or I might come into challenge perhaps with somebody who doesn't have the same strength that I do. And that's not a me versus them issue. That's just embracing the fact that we're all different, that we all come to the table with a different set of ingredients, and that that's something to be celebrated, not something to resist or feel ashamed about. I naturally am a very sunny, positive person. I smile easily. Making jokes comes naturally to me. I have a pretty easygoing sense of humor. I like most people. And that strength of positivity is something that I can own in contrast to others. Now, I'm not saying because I have the strength of positivity, people who don't have that are very, you know, big bummers and they're not fun to be around Debbie Downer people. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that knowing that strength of mine allows me to further reflect when perhaps I'm communicating with somebody for whom that's not a strength. It allows me to adjust and modulate the frequency of that strength in order to come to communicate and collaborate with that person in a more productive way. I'm not saying I'm going to dim my positive strength. I'm just saying I'm going to understand it as it fits together in the puzzle piece with the strength of the other people that I'm around. And I'm going to have to grow in order to do that. In order to modulate my positivity as a strength, I'm going to have to be aware of it and I'm going to have to consider how to modify it to amplify how I work with other people. I could probably name a number of more strengths, but I'm going to stop here for a moment and encourage you to just take a minute and think about your own strengths. Now, what are some great ways to figure out your strengths? That can be hard or easy or medium. <laughs> Let's go with medium. There's a personality quiz out there by Gretchen Rubin of the Happier podcast. And Gretchen is known for this tendencies quiz, which allows you to assess how you respond to expectations, either internally or externally. And most people fall into one of four categories. There's the upholder, the obliger, the questioner, and the rebel. I think if you are so inclined to take this quiz and figure out what your tendency is, you then should take a look at your personality dimension as a strength. It is what it is. It is perhaps unchangeable. And so you may as well take a look at it as a strength. I personally, I am an obliger. And I'll put the link to the Gretchen Rubin quiz in the show notes. I'm an obliger, which means I respond very well to external expectations, 
but I don't respond as well to internal expectations. And that's neither something to feel good or bad about necessarily, but I'm choosing to see it as something good. When it comes to external expectations, I am a very motivated person. I can use that to my advantage to set my life up in a way that allows me to achieve my internal goals and ambitions using my motivation to satisfy external expectations. This podcast, I think, is a great example of that. There was a brief moment where I felt very challenged to continue going on with recording the podcast once a week. And it was motivation to live up to the external expectations of the lovely people who listen to continue to show up with consistency and continue to recording a podcast once a week. I'm not recording this podcast for you, dear listener, but thank you for listening. And please don't forget to rate and review this podcast. However, I am actually recording this podcast for myself because when I originally set out to record the podcast, I did so hoping to prove to myself that I could in fact have a podcast. I could in fact do it. It had been a goal of mine for a long, long time and I was determined to do it, but it's an internal goal. I'm recording this podcast for myself. I'm recording this podcast because it is something I have always wanted to do. Now the external expectations of people who might listen are something that motivate me to actually do the thing, even though I have that internal goal. Now, I do think inherent in the name obliger does kind of make me feel a little bit as though perhaps it's a weakness, but I'm going to see the word obliger and my personal motivation to live up to external expectations as a strength because it has actually helped me live up to achieving some of my goals just by knowing that there might be other people invested in my performance or my ability to follow through. Sometimes that's manufactured and artificial. I'm not kidding myself to think that if I don't record a weekly episode on this podcast that there will be many people let down by my ability to perform ability to record and live up to the schedule that I've set for myself. But the idea of those external expectations does help me follow through on the goal that I set personally. I think that's a strength to see what people need from you externally and to mobilize your actions to support them. Some people might see this as further function of what the book Burnout might call human giver syndrome. And that is the concept of giving everything that you have within you in the service of others. But I do think it is a strength to be able to give something of yourself in the service of others, especially if you have identified that you already have something good to give. And that loops back to my identification of the first strength. My first strength is communication. If I am a good communicator and I enjoy and have a personal goal of recording a podcast where I hope I can help people with my personal philosophy of medium effort, then I can, in fact, bring my strength further to life by leaning into another strength, which is being an obliger, which is giving of myself in service of others by leveraging a strength. I wonder if that's making sense. As I say it out loud, it does feel like it gets a little bit circuitous. And I'll take a brief deviation here to share with you that I'm back to recording in the closet. (laughs) I know that I had briefly spent a couple of episodes recording in a different area of my home, but I just could not compete with the hum of the fridge 
and the whoosh of the dishwasher and the high traffic from my family that was coming in and out of that area. And while it was way more comfortable, I was so dissatisfied with the sound quality that this episode has me back and recording in the closet, which has a much more acoustically pleasant uh, environment. However, it is not much more um, ergonomically pleasant at all. I've tried to pad the floor and things with certain things, but I'll be honest with you, my one foot is already asleep and I'm only 18 minutes into recording. And perhaps this deviation uh, is not necessarily on topic when it comes to growth mindset and medium effort. But I also believe in something else, which is that to live a life with medium effort, you have to pull back the curtain a little bit. You have to pull back the curtain and show people what's really going on to get you where you want to go. And that's why I'm sharing with you that I am sitting on a very hard hardwood floor recording once again in the closet because I think that the sound quality will be better. And I do that in service of this dear podcast that I am lovingly crafting as someone motivated by the external expectations of the handful of listeners who have been supporting me thus far. So again, just to digress and pull back the curtain to say that perhaps if some of my thoughts get a little bit disconnected here and there, don't worry, I will bring it back. As I said before, I am a good communicator. However, I am somewhat battling the pins and needles in my left foot as we speak. And uh, you don't need to worry about me or feel sorry for me. But I again, I do feel like I can't claim to live with medium effort and produce a super polished end product every time. I think it's important to not take myself too seriously and pull back the curtain just to let you know that while I'm back in the closet, my foot is falling asleep. I do so in the hopes that uh, we can bring you a slightly better sound quality than we have in the last couple episodes. Okay, um... Uh, Thank you for indulging me in taking up space on my own podcast, uh, talking about my foot falling asleep. So I was talking about growth mindset, growth mindset with medium effort. Growth mindset with medium effort to me starts with naming your strengths. I've named a handful of my own here, and I hope you consider naming a few of yours. These should come with a bit of thought. They're not going to be at the tip of your tongue because we have really been conditioned to downplay our strengths. If you are a woman listening, I think it is very hard for us to name our strengths easily. This is usually kind of an exercise that's reserved for annual performance reviews or interviews or times when other people expect us to show up and prove why we need their attention and time. And, you know, maybe that's the first step when it really comes to a growth mindset is name your strengths and sit in the discomfort of naming your strengths because sitting in discomfort is absolutely a moment where growth can be found. When you feel the way you feel naming your strengths, pay attention because that is a sign physically that you are growing and that you are learning something new about yourself. So I have named a few of my strengths. I've named a few ways that you can name your strengths can take a couple personality quizzes, you can read a few books, you can do a bit of googling. Another resource I'd love to offer to you is something that's new to me, which is the Clifton Strengths. These are by Donald Clifton of, I guess, Gallup Human Resource Communications Claim to Fame. The Donald Clifton Strengths Finder is an online resource 
that you can access after purchasing his book, which is called Now Find Your Strengths. So the Donald Clifton strengths are based on a few themes in terms of domains, and those four domains are executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. I'm not going to get too big into these because they are new to me, but the book is very enlightening and very straightforward and really encourages growth in the way that I've suggested, which is to grow after you can identify your strengths and do more of your strengths rather than trying to force yourself to be a generalist, to force yourself to be very good at many things, you should try to always be excelling at a smaller group of things. Personally, I was really surprised after taking the Clifton Strengths Finder to note that I have no executing strengths. <laughs> I have no executing strengths. Now that's per this. It's not to say I can't execute. It's to say none of my strengths fall in that theme. Instead, I had strengths in strategic thinking, relationship building, and influencing, which I thought was very interesting, but also, you know, kind of allowed me to take myself off the hook a little bit when it comes to looking at the big picture. Not everyone can have all the strengths, and we shouldn't really be trying to have all the strengths. But what we should be able to do is to name what we are good at and grow from there. In the interest of not getting too repetitive, I want to move forward. Let's assume that you've named your strengths and how are you going to grow with medium effort? I think again, you're going to go back to that feeling of discomfort. Think about your strengths and think about applying them in a way that might make you a little bit uncomfortable. Think about, for me, being a good communicator. I'm a good communicator. I like to talk. I like to use my voice in a variety of ways and I don't really shy from opportunities for the most part to communicate my ideas. Let me think about ways in which I might use my voice and be more uncomfortable. An example of that is recently I took to uh, Instagram Live to talk about my sadness, dismay, and heartbreak at the recent news surrounding the 215 bodies of children found buried on the site of the Kamloops Indian School in British Columbia. Now, that was a very uncomfortable moment for me to use my voice in a new way. However, I felt like it was very important. I felt really motivated and moved to step outside of my comfort zone and use my voice in a new way. Now, of course, I don't necessarily want to prescribe that that's an opportunity for everyone, and it felt like the right thing for me to do, but it did make me uncomfortable. It did make me grow. I did feel awkward. It did feel a little bit risky, but I knew that I was leaning on a strength that I had, which was communication. So again, think about your strength and think about how you could possibly apply it in a way that pushes you to uncomfortable, awkward, or risky territory. Let's think about this in another way. Let's think about this in the context of being an obliger. If I see being an obliger as being a strength and living up to external expectations, how can I push that to an uncomfortable, awkward, or risky territory that might actually result in me growing? Well, I'll give you an example of that, and it's very annoying to me, but it's true, which is that I have really struggled with finding a way to build exercise into a more regular habit in my life since June of 2020, let's say, and I have found very few opportunities to grow beyond my general resistance to exercise. 
Now, recently, I have been very lucky to have found collaboration and support from a group of women from my recent attendance at the Slay the Mic program hosted by Jam Gamble. So through that, I have now a part of this text group, and this group has informally become an accountability group for exercise and movement. And lo and behold, because of that external motivation, because I'm an obliger, I have used my obliger strengths to push me outside of my comfort zone when it comes to building an exercise or movement habit. So I have had tons of resistance to exercise and movement. I have felt like there's no possible way I could possibly find a way to fit it into my life. And yet, thanks to this external motivation, thanks to my obliger strengths, I have in fact allowed this external motivation, these external expectations from the accountability group to push me outside of my comfort zone to find new ways to find movement in my life and I'm the one who's benefiting that, but I'm also growing. I'm growing outside of my previously held notions. I'm growing outside of my previously low threshold for endurance and physical ability. I'm growing outside of my previously held routines and the rigid structure with which I thought there was no flexibility. And I'm doing all of that because I'm an obliger, because I find the external expectations of this accountability group to be extremely motivating. Again, think about your strengths. Use whatever suits you to name your strengths. Look up a list of strengths on the internet. You can find the Clifton Strengths book that I'm recommending. You can take any number of personality quizzes. Oh, the Enneagram. I haven't even gotten into the Enneagram yet. If you're into the Enneagram, that is an amazing way to lean into your strengths and to name them. And then once you've named them, to pursue growth at the cost of being uncomfortable, at the cost of feeling awkward, at the cost of taking a risk, that will all result in growth. So let's go back to growth mindset with medium effort. What is a growth mindset when it comes to medium effort? A growth mindset is not pursuing growth all day, no matter the cost. It's taking stock of where you can grow and applying your energy to those opportunities that come by you. It's applying growth to things that you're already good at, not applying growth to things that are new or uncomfortable or scary or outside of your flow. Growth mindset does not mean being good at all the things. And growth mindset does not mean being happy about trying new things. To me, growth mindset in the most useful form is the way of accepting that you have more to go, that there is more on your path, and you can choose to pursue it on whatever route suits you. But it is there, and it will come up against you in surprising ways. Sometimes we are thrown into situations where we have to grow, regardless of our choices. I think the pandemic has been a really good example of that. But we can also choose to not grow. And that's the one thing I want to close on. You don't always have to be pursuing growth. It's very hard for us to talk about what it looks like if we're not growing. And if we're not growing, we're resting. And we are allowed to rest. We are allowed to step back from growing, to lean into our strengths in a comfortable, predictable, 
cozy and safe way. You know what you're good at, and you can continue to do that as long as you need to to gain rest and restore your energy. Growth is not to be pursued no matter the cost, especially if the cost is you. Who cares if you grow to infinite amounts if at the end you're a shell of a person? That's not useful. Growth can come with rest. And growth can come after rest. And sometimes growth comes much more easily after we've already rested. I'm saying this, the words are rolling off of my tongue, I promise you, it is not that easy for me. It is not easy for me to rest. As it stands right now, I am recording this in the evening after a long day of work. I am sitting on the hard floor of my closet because I know that this podcast is a goal that's important to me and I know that it is challenging me to grow in new ways. But I also know that there will have to be moments of rest there as well. And I struggle with figuring that out. I struggle with giving myself that permission. So when I think about growth mindset for the rest of the month, I'm going to think about what grows when you're at rest. We all know that our brains do most of their learning when we're sleeping. And we all kind of believe and buy into this pseudo-narrative of the hustle. But don't we all feel that if there's anything the pandemic has taught us, it has been the opportunity for us to take it easy a little bit, for us to trust that we can grow without necessarily being in a point of pain or resistance, to understand that things will happen to us that we didn't expect, and sometimes the best response will be to rest, to slow down, to do less. I'm still learning this lesson. I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know necessarily that I will figure out how to grow and rest in the three months that I dedicated to thinking about growth mindset. But I am glad at least that I have been able to take the time to identify my strengths, that I have been able to identify ways to use those strengths to step outside of my comfort zone, and that at least in my consciousness, I know that rest is important. Even if I don't know how to operationalize that yet, I know it's important. So let me summarize very briefly. Growth mindset with medium effort. You're going to name your strengths. Name one strength. Name two strengths. Name five strengths. There's lots of different ways to name them. Ask a friend. Google a list. Do a couple of quizzes. Buy a book. Once you've named your strengths, apply them in ways that make you uncomfortable. In ways that make you feel awkward in ways that feel like a risk. Use your strengths to step outside of your comfort zone. And that's where you'll find the growth. Don't aim for growth in the things that you're not already good at. Don't aim for growth in the things that feel scary or things that you never really wanted to do anyways. Go for growth in small incremental steps using your strength to widen your bubble of comfort. And then rest. (laughs) Rest. I think maybe I will make rest my word to think on, my assignment to ponder for July, August, and September. That seems like a good fit, resting in the summer. I hope this episode has helped you think about growth mindset. I hope you've been able to name your strengths, 
If you have a strength on the tip of your tongue, I would love it if you would share it with me over on Instagram. I can be found at medium.lady over there. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening. I'm Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks, and I will see you again soon. Bye.